0: Church, I'd never sung that song before, and as I came across it in the hymnal this week, uh, it seemed to have beautiful words, and um, so that was my first time singing it. Uh, I can't read music, so I'm always surprised once we get going. I see the words, and then we'll see what the tune is like. Let's go with it. (laughs) So, this is a glorious church because she is washed in the blood of the Lamb. Let's open with the word of prayer, and then we're going to turn our attention to Ephesians this evening. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this evening we rejoice, recognizing that the church is glorious, not because of what she does here on earth, but because she has washed in the blood of the Lamb. We rejoice because we know That as you promised, the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. Because it is your church. Because Christ has died. He has risen again. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father. And because we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Heavenly Father, we pray that even this evening as we are introduced to this specific church here at Ephesus. That we would be challenged as we read this epistle, that we would listen anew to the words that Paul wrote under inspiration of the Holy Spirit to this church in a time and place in history that you may be honored here. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we come to the book of Ephesians, It's one of those books that I think we are all familiar with. At least if you have grown up in the church, you've been coming here for a while, you're familiar with Ephesians. You're at least familiar with sections in Ephesians. Probably the first thing that comes to mind is the first ten verses of Ephesians chapter 2. You're probably familiar with passages like Ephesians uh, 5. Uh, verse 16 Do not get drunk with wine, but that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. You're probably familiar with passages like Ephesians five twenty-two and following, husbands and wives. We have the whole armor of God also in Ephesians six. It's an epistle that we are familiar with. And it's written to the church at Ephesus. Ephesus was the capital of the Roman province of Asia Minor in modern-day Turkey. And really, Ephesus was a significant church in its day and time. The city of Ephesus was perhaps best known, it was most famous for the magnificent Temple of Artemis, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And this temple... Also known as the Temple of Diana, Artemis or Diana, the same thing. This temple brought people from all around the world to come and to see. It's really a religious center. People come, searching, looking. Not only was there a religious aspect to the city of Ephesus, but it was an important political, educational, and commercial center as well. The port at Ephesus was one of the most busy ports in the ancient world. It ranked up there with Alexandria of Egypt and Antioch and Pisidia when it came to importance as far as politics, education, and commerce. This is not some little backwater town that Paul is writing to. Ephesus is a big city. It is an important city. It's an influential city. I think you see that even in Scripture in the importance that Ephesus plays in the Bible. It is really almost, it's, it's a central church in the New Testament. You have the book of Ephesians, obviously, that we are jumping into this evening. Also in First and 2 Timothy, Timothy is pastoring the church at Ephesus. Paul himself pastored the church here at Ephesus for two years during his third missionary journey. And as Jordan read this morning in Revelation 2, it comes up again. This is an important church. Ephesus is most likely first reached with the gospel in around AD 52. Paul made a quick visit and left Aquila and Priscilla there in Acts 18, 18-21. It is likely that then Aquila and Priscilla stay and they found that church in Ephesus. Then on Paul's third missionary journey, he comes back through and we find him actually staying in Ephesus. For two years, he stays and he pastors this church. The epistle is written here in A.D. probably 62. It's in a prison, it's in a, it is in a prison. It is a prison epistle written by the Apostle Paul from prison in Rome under house arrest, with an uncertain future. And he writes to this church, this central church in this important, big, central city. As we come to the book of Ephesians this evening, it is such a familiar book that I... I wanted to kind of start somewhat, a little bit different. I want to introduce the city as I've done, the city, the setting, the author, Paul, writing to the saints in Ephesus. But then this evening what I want to do is I want to do a little bit of role playing. You didn't know that you were going to come to church to act this evening. I want us to pretend. I want you to pretend that you are the church at Ephesus. Welcome to Ephesus. And I want to read the book of Ephesians as if it is our first time hearing it. As we are sitting here gathered in Ephesus as the church, we have received a letter from the Apostle Paul. As you can imagine, there's joy, there's an excitement as we come to this. What will he say? And I'm going to read the entire epistle. Sometimes we can get so used to to breaking it down into little tiny pieces that we miss the, the forest for the trees. And we're going to do that. We're going to work our way through this book over the next several weeks and months. We are going to break it in and we are going to dive in. And yet I think it's important for us this evening to start with kind of the big picture. Almost as if we are receiving it for the first time to read through it. And see what the Lord will do. Because the power, as we know, is in the word of God. It is not in what I say. So I think this will be a good way for us to start our way through the book of Ephesians this evening. So I'm going to read it. Uh, It should take approximately um, 12 to 15 minutes. uh, So it will not take super long. And then we'll move forward with our service. But come to it with that mindset. Pay attention and listen. Don't just sit back and okay, well, he's just reading scripture, so you know I can take it easy during this evening service. Try to get in the mindset of you are in Ephesus. You have received a letter from the Apostle Paul. I imagine that most of them will be sitting on the edge of their seat, hanging on to every single word that he has said, soaking it in. So welcome to Ephesus. Let's read the letter. The gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean that he had, uh, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended into the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They've become callous, and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way that you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk, nor crude crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, who has has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish. Foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does... This he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil.